The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the news, techniques, strategies, and advice you need to build your financial independence through real estate investing. We have a great topic today, ladies and gentlemen, and that is how to build business credit. You've heard of it. You may have even been pitched on it. But today we're going to tell you the truth about it. First, a couple of quick announcements. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow, April 18th, at the usual location, the Community Action Agency building at the corner of Reading and Seymour. The early meeting is two concurrent sessions, one for new investors, one for active investors. The new investors focus group will cover creative financing techniques, how to buy without your own money. The active investors focus group is how to get business credit with Bill Lynch. The main meeting at 730 is a show me the money panel with uh, representatives from institutions and companies all over the region who provide financing for both real estate investors to buy properties and for your buyers to buy properties. As always, the RIA meeting is open to the public. You can get more information by going to CincinnatiRIA.com. That's com. The topic of business credit has to have sold more courses, shell corporations, and frankly, $10,000 ripoffs than any other subject in real estate investing. But today I have with me two guests who are experts in business credit in the sense that they have in fact gotten it for themselves and for other people. Here with me in the studio is Bill Lynch, a real life real estate investor from the greater Cincinnati area. He's the treasurer of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati and owner of Cincinnati Bricks, a company that sells Legos. On the phone, joining us from Indianapolis, Indiana, is Lucy Britton, aka the original credit coach. She has been uh, a mortgage broker and real estate investor since 1996, done exhaustive research to learn the insider secrets to repairing credit since then, and now coaches people about how to get business credit. And Lucy will be joining us by phone in just a moment. Uh, now, Bill, let's talk a little bit about your adventures in business credit, because you did not approach the uh, idea of business credit for your real estate business, but in fact for a brick but not mortar business. <laughs> That's exactly right. So what I tried to do was find other ways I could, since I have multiple businesses, 
it's simpler to have a business that generates profits by selling items to get credit for that type of business than it is to get credit for, say, buying real estate. So it makes more sense for me to be able to save my money for the real estate investment and use someone else's money that's easier to get for a more traditional style business that sells actual products. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, ju just to give us a, a, a little bit of a picture of what it is Cincinnati Bricks does exactly. <laughs> Um, because it is more of a, of a traditional business in the sense of there's inventory and you sell the inventory. What, what, what is it that you do? Okay, so we specialize uh, in Lego brand products and we buy um, the sets and we'll resell the sets online. Uh, we'll also sometimes break the sets down and sell the parts individually, uh, traditionally to um, adult hobbyists who like to build their own giant whatevers. And we also do uh, the trade show circuit in the summers for um, construction toy conventions. Construction toy conventions. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just like that so much. Uh, I think we now have Lucy with us. Lucy, are you there? I am the cell phone gods have once again smiled upon me. <laughs> it's good. It's good to uh, good to have you back, Lucy. Um, the uh, uh, Bill was just was just telling us a little bit about uh, the business for which he got business credit and why he felt like it was a good idea to do that since he also has a real estate investing business. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, uh, what are we talking about when we're talking about? business credit. I mean, don't all real estate investors have business credit? Isn't that what it is when we go get a mortgage on one of our investment houses? Oh, that's a great question. You know, there's just all sorts of different kinds of credit and different ways the banks can just rope us into that system. But when I think about business credit, I think about the very professional type of business credit where the credit is actually loaned to your company. And in most cases, you do not even personally guarantee those funds. It's brilliant because then you can open up a company, establish your company, take that company and put its reputation on the line instead of your own personal reputation. And then, you know, if something happens like a 2000 or 2007 or 8 credit crash, well, you know, things happen. You can fold your company, you can walk away, and you're not held personally liable for any of the debt. So it's a little bit different than just a non-interoccupied loan, although we could certainly call that business credit. But we like to narrow it down to business credit that is in the business's name, not your personal name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So by by the definition we're using today, if you have to put your social security number on the application, as opposed to your business's EIN number, it's not business credit. It's business credit when it's truly the business that is backing it up and not you and your income and your personal credit. That is absolutely correct and very insightful of you to make the difference, the difference, the distinction between putting a social security number on an application and an EIN employer identification number or a TIN tax ID number. Now, in the beginning, you know, if you don't have a very established business but you get good established personal credit, well, you may elect to go ahead and put your personal credit on the line and personally guarantee those accounts at first. But we always want to look with an eye towards the future and towards disengaging our personal stuff from the business. Mm -hmm. And Bill, was that your experience when you first started to build your business credit? Was it somewhat based on your own personal credit? Uh, yes and no. So it's much easier to get things if you personally guarantee uh, items than it is to not personally guarantee items. Uh, for Cincinnati Breaks, we have both uh, credit that is personally guaranteed by myself or by one of the other owners, and also stuff that's just tied directly to the business that has no personal guarantee by any of the officers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now. 
I've been in the real estate business a long time. I have gotten a lot of loans on properties and more than I probably should have looking back at 2008. I have never seen a bank that would make a loan on a piece of small residential real estate without my personal guarantee. So my question to you, Lucy, is who, what kind of, what, what are we talking, what credit are we talking about here? What, what am I going to get when I get business credit? Oh, that is a great question because they're all different types and levels of business credit. But if you are a fix and flipper or even a buy and holder, then when we're talking about business credit relating to housing, if it's one to four family, you're not going to get quote unquote business credit. So the best type of thing to do is to go get a business line of credit, which is just a checkbook line of credit, um, similar to what a lot of people are familiar with with home equity lines of credit, only these are not tied to any property. They're just unsecured lines of credit. And then you can write a check, and you can buy that one, two, three, or four-unit property, and you'll be just fine. Of course, that uses up your business line of credit. So at some point, if you can convert that into a traditional mortgage, you know, you're more than welcome to. But I would caution people because one to four family units, they are typically, I mean, 99.999% of the time, those are personal type loans that are going to require a social security number. I've, I've yet to meet a bank that will consistently do one to four families on a business. But once you get to five units, now that's completely different. Five units and a minimum loan amount of one hundred and fifty dollars or $250,000 for that building. And then you can do business credit in your business name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, who, what, what, what kind of companies extend this business credit, what the first steps are uh, to you going out and getting it. And we're also going to take your questions. You can give us a call, listeners, at 877-772-9658. Or you can just send an email. Go to askvina.com. Click the button that says Ask Vina a Question. Fill in the response form. Be sure and let us know from where you are writing. And we'll get it here in the studio. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guests today, plural, are Lucy Brenton, a.k.a. the original credit coach. By the way, if you if you go to the our iTunes, um, I don't know what you call it, our iTunes account. Archive. Our whatever, iTunes yeah. archive. <laughs> uh, somewhere back in there, there's a uh, uh, an interview with Lucy uh, talking about personal credit that you might want to listen to and uh, kind of give you some, some background on what we're talking about today. My other guest is Bill Lynch. He is a local real estate investor here in the Cincinnati area and also owns another company called Cincinnati Bricks um, that uh, has, some, has some business credit. And Bill is actually uh, speaking on this topic tomorrow night's RIA of Cincinnati meeting at 6 p.m. Be there at 6 to come here. Bill talked to the active investors about the process that he went through to get uh, business credit himself. And uh, Lucy, so we're, we, uh, uh, we're talking here about credit that ultimately the goal is you never personally guarantee anything. It's your business that guarantees it. In, in the personal credit world, before you can get any credit, you have to have like a good credit score. Is there some equivalent right. to that in business credit? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. And for those who might have received an email on this, I'd like to take personal responsibility for the misspelling. I'm sure it was my fault. Uh, there is a Paydex score, P-A-Y-D-E-X. 
Um, and it was mistakenly misspelled on my article at P-A-I-D-E-X. No, that would be so me fun. that misspelled it. That okay. wouldn't be you. Well, I was gonna, well you're the goddess, so, you know, I'm just the coach. So All I right, fine. You take, take you take credit for that, then. You, you go right ahead. I, I will take, yeah, I got fat fingers. Um, but the reason I'm mentioning that is because with your FICO, that's your personal credit score, um, you know, it's based on a number of different things. It's based on payment history, utilization, length of credit history, accumulation of new credit, and, you know, whether you've got all revolving credit or whether you've got a good mix of revolving installment of mortgages. What is absolutely genius for us about the Paydex score is that it's only based on whether or not you pay. So uh, in the article that, that folks can have access to, they can see that if, if you pay everything in advance, in anticipation that that invoice is coming, they'll give you 100 um, but if you pay on time or about five days early, they're going to give you a score of 80. And that's where we want to be is that score of 80. It's awesome because if you get some business credit and you have a DNB number, which is a nine-digit number that accesses your business credit, just like your Social Security number accesses your FICO on the personal credit size, after about six months of on-time payments on three, four, or five accounts, you can have that magical 80 score. And with an 80 score, you can get just about anything. It's really brilliant. Okay, so uh, you just said so much there. Um, <laughs> how does one go about getting a D&B number? Are you saying we have to have this nine-digit number? Who assigns that? Yes, D&B does. Uh, Dun & Bradstreet. Dun & Bradstreet is kind of like the gateway that you need to get business credit. Now, Equifax and Experian both have their equivalents, um, but they're just not as widely used. So when you go to do business with somebody um, or with a company, and you already have your EIN number, your tax ID number, it's a great idea to inquire of that company if they can go ahead and put you on a net 15 or net 30-day account. In other words, they'll go ahead and give you the merchandise today and then invoice you and require you to pay within 15 or 30 days. Now, doubly good is if those companies will also report you to D&B. Some companies will and some companies won't because in order to be a reporter to D&B, you need a minimum of 300 clients reporting um, each month. So, you know, some companies simply aren't big enough to do that, but some are. So if you can get somebody to give you that type of account and trust you, and they report to DNB, then you're going to start to build the file at DNB. But first, you must get the DNB number. Um, there are a couple ways to go about that. The, the one that is most popular with DNB is to pay them four to $600, and they will do a small business credit builder program with you. And when they do that, uh, they will also take, this is also very nice, uh, let's say you've paid your CPA on time, you paid your attorney on time, you can get letters from your CPA and your attorney attesting to your credit worthiness, and the Small Business Credit Builder at DNB can help you get that on your DNB file. Mm -hmm. So there are some shortcuts around the system mm -hmm. if you want to work them. Mm -hmm. So step one for everybody who's listening and thinking, boy, would I like to have one of those lines of credit Lucy mentioned earlier, is get a DNB number. Am I am I hearing that correctly? <laughs> Yes, and, um, you know, Vina, only, and I, I swear to you, only because this is you and because we're such good friends and I know that you're at a wonderful nonprofit studio that, that hosts your program, I'm going to tell your listeners and only the people on the podcast, because I don't reveal this in my, uh, in my normal um, talks and things that I give, there is a way around getting the DNB number and getting it for free. The way that you do that, if I don't, I mean, I can get it for you for free, but if you, if you need to go get it for free for yourself, you go to grants. .gov, G-R-A-N-T-S .gov. You figure out that there is some government grant that you're just itching to apply for so that you can change society for the better by first stealing from the masses to give to a certain group, a niche. And then um, once you know which, which grant you're going to apply for, in order to apply for a government grant, 
you actually need a DNB number. So then you can go to DNB and you can tell them that you're applying for a grant and you need a DNB number for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I know this is because this is how I got my very first DNB number. I didn't want to give them 600 bucks, so I figured out the, the shortcut around the system, which was you need to be applying for a grant. They will then give it to you for free. They will not offer you any assistance with building business credit. They simply issue you a number, but they will challenge you and they say, oh, what grant are you applying for? And there are U.S. government numbers. Uh, there's an America identifier for the grant number, and you got to know to be able to give that to them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you don't know the grant number that you're applying for or prospective a grant, then you don't get the number. So only for Vina, only for people on the podcast, I do not reveal that in my normal spiel. Fortunately, I understand that there is a zillion uh, grants available these days for developing low-income housing, senior housing, historic housing, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that might be a place to uh, check out one way or another. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Lucy Brenton, uh, the original credit coach, and also Bill Lynch, who is a local investor here in the greater Cincinnati area, about their experiences building business credits. Obviously, companies have business credit, but for real estate investors, this has long been a thing that everybody wants it. Nobody seems to know how to get it. There's a lot of, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, scams out there where people will Uh, sell you $20,000 shell corporations that have been in existence for five years and thus already have good credit. And uh, I know some people who've put that kind of money out there and gotten zero, nothing, nada, no business credit whatsoever as a result. So uh, folks, uh, be careful because I think uh, Bill will tell you this isn't something where you get your Dun & Bradstreet Street number on Monday and on Tuesday you have business credit. It's a process. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um. What you have to do is, after you get the credit number, you need to start applying with places to get some trade credit, get some experiences that are recorded within Dun & Bradstreet or other areas that uh, record business credit, and slowly build that up over time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's Even if you're trying a credit building process, it's probably going to take 18 months. And then um, buying these older corporations, I don't think is really going to help you out too much because... Yes, you'll have an aged business, but that business won't have done anything for five years. So when the banks ask you to supply financials for your business that hasn't done anything for five years, uh, they're still going to say no. (laughs) Not a not a uh, not a positive thing to the bank that you haven't done any business in five years. Is that that the way it is? Um, So so so, Bill, when you first uh, uh, and I and I think I think uh, Lucy's itching to say that that there's ways to do it faster than 18 months. But we'll let her we'll let her come back to that in a moment. what what sort of things did you go out and and get so that you could have uh, these accounts so that you could have these things? Were, were you buying pins, business cards? Were you did you go straight for the Legos? What happened? Well, that's part of it. So uh, office supply stores, everybody needs office supplies. So it's usually pretty easy to get trade credit with different office supply stores. So we certainly did some of that. But then it turns out that. Um, I actually was in business for several years. Uh, since I Bricks has existed since 2006, uh, around 2010 or so is when I really started trying to get uh, additional credit for the business. Um, so fortunately, we already had an operating history, and it turns out that some of the places we already bought from uh, were not only uh, were reporting our transactions, even though they weren't necessarily extending credit to us. Um, one of the places where we buy shipping boxes from, for example, 
has us down and has us down as a customer since uh, 2006. Um, and then because we've made some very large purchases with them, we've got some large lines showing up there as well. Interesting. And Lucy, how would that apply to the to the real estate investor? If I if I if I don't have a, I, I can't get past the brick and brick uh, pun here. I'm sorry. I, if I if I have a business <laughs> that doesn't sell Legos, but uh, but uh, maybe wholesales properties, what what sorts of things would I be out looking for that would maybe they'd give me a little line of credit for right now on a 15 day payment plan. Oh, that, that is a great question. And, Bill, I want to congratulate you because so few people have the persistence and the wherewithal to figure this out. But contained in Bill's story is this perfect example that he's a real estate investor, but he's not a one-trick pony. He's got the Lego bricks business, which is fascinating to me. So he's, he's got a real business that has real cash flow. And this is the problem, as Bill pointed out, with the shelf corporations. Shelf corporations, have been, they've been sitting on the shelf, but they don't even have a bank account. Well, here's the problem. Uh, your birth date for your business is the bank account. So as soon as you go out and incorporate, you need to open up that bank account as soon as possible, and that will start the birth date of your business. Now, for real estate investors, it is more difficult to get traditional business credit, especially with you know the general attitude of people towards real estate right now. So what some people might consider doing is having a real business, like a landscaping business that's on the side that will actually have transactions go through it. They can then simply bill their other company so you can get the money in and out but you have a real company that's doing real business now you may be your only customer but you've got to show that cash flow you've got to show deposits through the bank account and when a company is trying to decide whether or not to give you business they want to know if you're profitable so they want to see more deposits and of course on a regular basis and they want to see less money going out than money coming in so where this might apply to a rehabber is you might have a division of your company that does the rehabbing kind of like a subcontractor. It processes, you know, the bills and the roofs and things like that. You've got plenty of money going through. And then when you need cash out of that, of course, you can you can legally, uh, with the help of folks like John Heyer, know how to change that over to the other company. So as, he, as, um, as Bill pointed out, don't mean to be too wordy here, trade accounts lead to real accounts, lead to real business credit. Interesting. Uh, we have a question here that came in via the askvina.com website. This is from Tara. She says, I would assume getting business lines of credit in place of private lenders would be a positive to my wholesale business. There's a wholesaler business in my RIA club who only buys from sheriff sales and MLS. He swears by lines of credit in place of private lenders. Yes, absolutely. Um, those are harder to come by, though, obviously, than they used to be. So here's, here's where your challenge is going to come in. Your challenge is going to come in and having that checkbook access and having a big enough line that you can go ahead and compete with other people. So if you're, you know, if you're working with a private lender versus the, you know, having the business line of credit where you can just write a check, you're obviously going to beat a lot of people at that share sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably would work great for her as a wholesaler. Uh, different business lines of credit have different terms. So if she's wholesaling, being you know, a sometimes wholesaler myself, not like you, Vina, but every once in a while I flip something, I would caution her that sometimes business lines of credit will have an upfront fee, like every time you use it, you got to pay them one or two percent, and then of course you have the interest for the time that you hold it. Mm-hmm. It may actually be better for her, given that you know, given the type of transaction, if she's flexible enough to even use transactional funding. Mm-hmm. So answering as a real estate investor, you know, there's just two or three different things there she really needs to consider. Mm-hmm. 
Very good. If you'd like to ask a question about business credit of Bill Lynch or Lucy Brenton, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658, or you can go to the askvina.com website. There's a button there that says, Ask Vina a Question, and uh, if you click that button, let us know which question is and where you are writing from. We can get that answered for you. Also, while you're there, if you want to click on the Join the Mailing List uh, button. We can get you on the list for our weekly emails that include articles by and about our uh, guests. Now, usually the um, things are spelled correctly, not this week apparently, but in general, they're very valuable articles with uh, Paydex score uh, spelled right. All you got to do to get that is go to askvina.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Today we are discussing business credit and how to get it if you are a real estate investor. And if you're sitting there thinking, wow, this was really different than that sales pitch I got where it was going to be like $20,000 for someone to set up business credit for me, they're telling me it's actually work. Well, yeah, welcome to public radio because, uh, you know, we... Tell, don't sell you stuff here. We tell you the truth about it. So uh, if you have any questions, 877-772-9658 is the toll-free number to call. And, of course, you have to do that before 550 when we go off the air. Uh, you can also send us an email if you go to askvina.com. Uh, that's a website, not an email address if you're trying to put that into you know, your browser. and Askvina.com. It says it's not an email. It's not. It's a website. Go to the website. Click the button that says Ask Vina a question, and we will receive your question via email. Uh, be sure to let us know from where you are writing, because that may make a difference in the answer. That's askvina.com, A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A.com. And by the way, if you're listening on the podcast and you're busily uh, typing us questions and wondering why we're not asking it, it's because you're not listening live. We're on live from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. Uh, you can listen from anywhere on the planet at wmkvfm.org at the live streaming audio, or of course you can listen here in the greater Cincinnati area simply by tuning your radio to WMKV. Um, so Lucy, a, a little while ago, uh, Bill mentioned that uh, it took him about 18 months to, to truly build business credit to the point where he could simply use his Paydex score to get credit. Uh, what is your experience? Because I know you work with a lot of people to help them get business credit. Uh, what, what is the fastest you've ever seen anyone get it? What is the average time and what's the difference? That is a great question. The difference is being willing to put your personal guarantee on the line and having an excellent personal FICO score. Um, I work with different lenders. You know, I've been in the mortgage business since 96. Um, and so I've got a lot of relationships. So we have lenders that would do $150,000 on an unsecured line of credit, but you got to have, you know, a 780 FICO and good personal assets, good personal income for something like that because it's going to be personally guaranteed. If your business doesn't have that kind of, you know, um, I guess authority behind it, you're not going to get it. But, you know, there are a lot of things that people can get nearly immediately, like Quill, Q-U-I-L-L, um, they do net 30 accounts for just about everybody, so does pens.com. As Bill mentioned, the office supply store, Staples, reports both Dun & Bradstreet and Experian. Um, Radio Shack, if your company's been open for at least two years, will do that. 
so there are a lot of ways that you can get business credit immediately. If you want the real big lines, though, rather than just you know three thousand here, five thousand there, the fastest way to get it is to have an excellent personal credit score. I have folks with you know mediocre. I say mediocre scores. They're actually you know pretty good scores, six eighty to seven twenty. And I've helped them get $28,000 of business credit in about six weeks. So it can be done, um, but everybody's going to be a little bit different. And if you're starting out with a low credit score, then we'll start you out with things like Quill and Pens.com and get you some credit. But we're going to work on getting your personal credit scores higher at the same time because that's what's really going to unlock the bigger stuff. Mm-hmm. And w- what is what is the typical time that it takes to get to what you are calling big credit? Now, I, of course, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I can put a house on a credit card. So, you know, if I had if yeah. I had $10,000 worth of business credit on a credit card, I could, I could I don't know, buy 10,000 houses here. Uh, to, get to, to get to that point for the typical person with a typical business, how, how long does it take? I know, and our California listeners don't believe us, do they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can't even get a parking spot for what we can buy a, a four-unit building for. Um, well, I'll tell you what it really boils down to is, you know, having, having the good personal credit um, gets you a jump start. If you don't have the good personal credit, then you're looking at six to 12 months to get lines that are over $10,000 each. So if you start out with absolutely nothing, but you have a real, you know, you got to have a real business too. We're not talking about incorporating an LLC, you know, and getting your business uh, account set up and then keeping zero dollars in it and never having a deposit, never having withdrawal. They, you know, the business um, lenders really need to see that you're a real business. Otherwise, you know, why would they give you any money? So when you see these things out there on the internet that says you can have a 350 credit score and no income and never pay anybody back in your entire life, but just open up a business and you'll have $10,000 next week. It's a scam. Don't believe them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're looking at six to 12 months. And the reason behind that is the first thing that you have to do is work on these trade accounts, parlay those into revolving accounts, Lowe's, Home Depot, Staples, et cetera. And then you get those six months of payments in on your your Dun & Bradstreet reporting. Mm -hmm. That's when the, the bigger credit starts to unlock. And people can get, and this is the thing that's so brilliant about Bill, and I've got to compliment him again because he's got a real business. I recommend that real estate investors also have a real business that they're sending this money through because if you put down real estate investor on their application it's, or a real estate investment company, it's not going to go well for them. They should have a property management company or they should have a contracting company or they should have some sort of hobby that makes adequate money because... <laughs> this this is something, just a big tip for your listeners. If you've got a real company like Bill does, and you can get a $150,000 line of credit for that company, that company, part of its operating agreement or part of its um, you know operating system could be that it loans money to other companies and makes investments in other companies. So then you could take that $150,000 line of credit that you're borrowing at 6 or 6% and then loan it to a real estate investor that just happens to be a subsidiary or a separate company owned by you. Loan your, you know, loan your other company money at ten percent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume that uh, anytime you apply for a line of credit, receive a line of credit, the uh, credit provider is going to have certain rules about that line of yeah. credit, and and that, <laughs> and that, of course, we are going to follow those rules, whatever uh, they may be, um, uh, without you know being here on uh, public radio, we can't really sit here and talk about, oh, well, this company over here has these rules and these terms, and that company over there has those rules and those terms. But uh, obviously, folks, as, you, as you're as you listening to this, you are hearing 
within the rules of whatever line of credit you have. Uh, we have a couple of callers on the line. Let's start with John, uh, line one, John in Indianapolis. John, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yes. Hi, John. Did you have a question? Yes. Uh, I have a small apartment building in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how advantageous this is to refinance because I have to refinance as a balloon on it to every seven years on commercial note. Mm-hmm. And is this a, is this a true commercial note? Is it is it with the commercial department of the bank? It is with the commercial department of the bank. And you did they not. Write, you did not. They only write seven year mortgages on it. Right, right. And I'm trying to do that one more time and have zero balance at the end of that mortgage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you, when you applied for this loan originally, was it was it was the loan made to your company or was it made to you personally? It was made to the company, but I signed personally. Okay. Okay. So, Lucy, this is sort of like a like a hybrid. Hi, Lucy. Hey, how are you doing, Don? Okay. Um, it is kind of like a it is kind of like a hybrid, but it's extremely common. And what's brilliant about what John has done is that if you get a a business loan from the commercial side of the bank, but yet you personally guarantee it, almost one hundred percent without question, typically in over ninety percent of the cases, what you find is that as long as you perform. It does not report to your personal credit, so it doesn't. Affect, even though it's personally guaranteed, the business credit is under the business name, so it's not reporting to you personally. Doesn't affect your your personal debt to income ratios when you go apply for a home mortgage or a car, you know, for yourself. Now, the, what we've been seeing here locally, and since you know, I'm in the Indianapolis market, I'll speak to that. Everything is going to vary depending upon the strength of your local market and what banks are doing. But the short line is is that it is more difficult even when you are refinancing your commercial lines right now because the market is, is just really making you nervous. So try and get as low an LTV as you can and be open-minded. Okay. All right, John. All right. Thank you very much you. for your call and your question. Um, now, Lucy, my, my understanding of, of lines of credit, uh, uh, folks that I know that have them, um, that that are not uh, attached to a piece of real estate. In other words, they're not mortgages, but mm-hmm. the bank's okay with you buying real estate with it if that's what you want to do. Uh, they they tend to not be things that you want to put on a property and, and plan to keep it there forever. Correct. Absolutely. Um, they, you know, the, the most advantageous thing about the lines of credit, and I'm sure Bill is using these in his business, is that they're flexible. They can be paid off and taken out again without having to go through, you know, the application process and paying new origination and bank fees. So if you're going to have one of these types of, of transactions where you go out and you buy something on your line of credit, you certainly want to have an exit strategy. And, you know, I know you're brilliant at this. I know you've even, you know, written courses on private lending. People need to go out there, you know, get educated as you educate them and say, you know, I've got a friend who's got, you know, money market IRA accounts and he's getting 0.2% or 0.7%, let's offer him 4% and quadruple what he's earning. And move, move those buildings off of your business line of credit and give a real-life person the chance to make a good return on their money. Uh, that's what I would recommend doing, especially with the one to four units. You're not going to find commercial money available for that. Um, but they should they should partner up with other folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So great for going out and bidding at the sheriff's sale, maybe doing a rehab that's going to take six months. Not so great to think that your business line of credit that's at 5% today is still going to be at 5% a year from now, <laughs> or or even available a year from now for, <laughs> for all we know. Yes. 
Uh, We need to take one last break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Nick, who's calling from Nashville, and to you if you'd like to send a question via askvina.com or give us a call at 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Having a discussion today with Lucy Brenton, the original credit coach who is joining us from Indianapolis and with Bill Lynch, who is here in the studio and has uh, taken advantage of the thing we're talking about today, which is business credit. Uh, Before we ask our final questions, we're going to go back to the phone and talk to Nick, who's calling from Nashville. Nick, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thanks. I was just wondering, as an investor just starting off, what can I do to establish credit? Like, I'm starting from nothing. I I enjoy the idea of real estate and wanting to invest it, and I've done some remodeling. Um, but never something on my own. I was just wondering if y'all had some steps or suggestions of just kind of building up so I could get a line of credit to eventually get into doing this full time. What a great question, mm. Nick, and what a great example, Lucy, because, you know, our typical listener, if, they, if they've if they been in real estate, it hasn't been for very long. So what, what, what about Nick? He's done some remodeling. He wants to, he's looking, you know, forward in time into, you know, how can I have a line of credit for when I'm ready to go full time? What would his first steps be? That's a great question. Uh, first thing that you've got to think about is entity structuring. Um, by the way, don't shoot yourself in the foot by making your business address a UPS store because all of those are tagged. Any of those types of businesses are tagged uh, in the system. They know that you're operating out of a business, uh, out of a UPS store. So first of all, get your entity structure correct, CSLLC. Make sure that you are at a real business address, even if it's one of those Regis places um, where you rent you know, $50 or $100 a month. Make sure that you have a real business phone number that shows up in 411. You can get those from ringcentral.com. Do not ever put your cell phone number down on your application as your business phone number. It will get you axed. And then in, in his case, Nick mentioned that he's got, you know, he's been remodeling. Open up a remodeling company and let your real estate investment company hire you so that that money goes into the, into the remodeling company. It gets paid out to contractors and for supplies. And then keep more money every month in there than you take out. And that way you can show that you're turning a profit. Then I would start mm-hmm. building the business credit in the remodeling company. Um, your other buy and hold company is going to be like a property management, so you're probably just going to retain a couple hundred dollars a month in there. And then the okay. next thing that you've got to think about is, and this is a John Hire thing, so I'm sure we'll have him on again soon, is think about what entity, if you're doing any flips, so that you can separate your tax liability out and in order to pay the least amount of taxes required by law. Um, okay. So start out. Start out with those types of things, and again, go back to, you know, every business needs toner and paper, so you go to Quill, you go to Staples, you go to Office Depot, you go to Office Max, and keep in mind, you don't have to give one company 100% of your business, you just need to have these payments being posted every month. So, you know, buy, buy $50 this month from Staples and $100 next month from Quill, and just, you know, spread those payments out until you get the six months of payments in, and then start going for the larger lines of credit. Okay. Does that make sense, Nick? It does. And, you, and yes, this is this is something that you do have to pay attention to. You can't set it up and then kind of just let it sit there. And then when you're ready to be a full time investor in two years, say, oh, well, I should I should do this now because it's going to it's going to take the same amount of time whether you start now or start later. And uh, uh, I, I think one of the things that that often goes unsaid in pitches for business credit is that it is work. Would you agree with that, Bill? Yes, Absolutely. You can expand on that if you like. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> when I was actively trying to uh, grow my business credit to the point at which the, I, I felt it needed to be at, I probably spent uh, four to six hours a week just either learning or applying for new stuff or trying to figure out uh, who reported where, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and there are there are services that will track some of that for you, Nick. But but you cannot. You you got to be prepared that y- there is stuff they are even even the ones who do stuff for you are going to require you to do things they cannot do everything for you so it Y'all is suggest like a credit union a local bank a, a nationwide a super regional one what, what do you all suggest well we really we really can't suggest names here on public radio because no, it no, is... no, no, I'm, not <laughs> I'm just saying i'm just saying like a local credit union versus like a local bank or some national i'm not asking for us bank or bank of america mm-hmm. on the south east regions i'm just saying would it be better to go to a local bank so like they typically are a little bit looser than a national bank. Does that make sense? What do you think, Lucy? Well, they operate by different rules, and I'll give you a quick example. Um, my buddy okay. Dwayne, who comes to the RIA, is a branch manager at a bank that really serves only Hamilton County, Indiana, Madison County, Indiana. So he has some niche products that the bank's investors, who happen to be you know local folks who live here that actually own the bank, they kind of you know they kind of like these niches, and that's why they don't go down into Marion County or Indianapolis is because they don't like that market. So each, you, it's, it's a lot of legwork. You just got to go to each one time after time um, and see what their local niches are because some will do different counties, some won't. Another good example of what a local bank can do um, is, at least with one investor that I'd helped in the past, he was able to get 85% financing on a 16-unit building because of the type of bank that it is. Because, you know, you have credit unions, you have banks. Uh, you know, there, there are different types of investments depending upon the bank. One other thing I'm going to throw out there really fast before we run out of time, another shortcut. You don't have to be the one with the perfect credit score. Get a business partner in there. Typically, if somebody owns more than 20% of your business, they got to be on the application. So spread mm-hmm. out the number on your business. Give somebody 30% ownership, for example, or 40% ownership. Then divide out the rest among you know you and your other business partners. But that person who has the majority interest over 20% can have the perfect FICO. You can use their credit. Uh, might take a year or two before the personal guarantee goes away and uh, negotiate the divorce before you get married. And know how you're going to buy them out, but pay them something okay. fair for using their credit. And, okay. and let me channel our, uh, our, our favorite legal eagles here for a moment and say make sure that's all in writing up front, Nick, if you're going to try something like that, operating agreement, operating agreement, operating agreement. Uh, oh, yes. Get it papered up correctly because uh, it cost me $5,000 to get rid of my first business partner. Mm-hmm. So okay. hopefully that uh, tells you some stuff that will get you at least on the right track there, Nick. Uh, appreciate, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate your <laughs> phone call and good for you for thinking that far ahead. Uh, um this is something, and I guess I'm I'm directing this to both Bill and Lucy, that I think a lot of people say they want, they talk about it, they don't ever actually do anything to do it. And uh, Lucy, I know you've experienced that in your business mm-hmm. that a lot of people, a lot of people come to you and say, "Oh yeah, let's do this," and then they don't follow up. Is that correct? Boy, that is so true. And Bill, I think you can probably give the best testimonial of this. Bill, tell me, when you were trying to get business credit and you were successful, were you providing tax returns, bank statements, profit and loss, and balance sheets? Absolutely. 
So if you don't have those things, this is a lesson. Um, and once again, of course, you know, John Heyer is, is such a good friend and so darn competent at all this. I know he's been a previous guest here. So you can guys can look him up in the podcast archives. He's absolutely brilliant. You know, he'll be the first one to tell you, you know, you got to have QuickBooks. you got to have a bookkeeping system. And if you have something like QuickBooks, um, which is what most people in the industry are using today, then you can just print these reports out when your banker asks for them. But another thing that you've absolutely definitely got to make sure you never, ever, ever do is don't commingle your funds. I did this, and I had to shut down my company and start a new one because I didn't think it was such a big deal. You know, my debit card that was for the company, it had money on it, so, you know, I swiped it at the grocery store. Well, you know, once you commingle your funds, you've, you've killed your company. So close it out and wind it down the proper legal way and start fresh. Very good. Bill, uh, back to you for the, the last comments here. Um, how has having business credit made your business easier? What, how, how have you used it that has, that has changed the way you were able to do business? Well, right now, some of it is really cheap. I happen to have one line of credit that's at four and a quarter percent interest, which is extremely low. That's much less than the interest rates on some of my business credit cards. Um, our business with the, the toys is fairly seasonal. We have uh, our biggest sales at the, the Christmas season, and then you know it's smaller throughout the year. But a lot of th- times, I'll buy items on closeout, and I won't know that they're coming, so I'll have to pick a specific thing uh, have a bunch of money to buy it then, and then uh, take care of it at that point. So I'll use a credit card and then pay my credit card off with my line of credit and maybe carry that a little a few months longer at a much lower rate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So lots of different ways to use this, uh, lots of different things that you need to do to set it up. If you're in the Cincinnati area, come to the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati meeting tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Bill will be talking more about his experiences in getting a line of credit. If you are not there yet, we also have the uh, meeting for new investors at 6 o'clock on how to buy properties without cash or credit. And then at the main meeting, wow, it's an all-financial meeting tomorrow night, isn't it? At the main meeting, we have uh, some bankers there to talk about various programs that they have available for purchase and rehab of investment properties. Thank you so much to Lucy Brenton and to Bill Lynch for sharing your experiences with business credit today. Thank you to all of our callers and the folks who sent us emails. And we will, of course, be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.